Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. 26, a few weeks ago, I started a message on this one verse and it's kind of grown a little bit over the course of the last several weeks or the last several months and um, I think it's important uh, I think it's relevant this day and hour and our thought is an invitation to savor the moment an invitation to savor the moment before we get into the message I, I, I and I'll, I'll quickly review a couple of things and try to bring you a forward to a couple of points that the Lord's laid on my heart. James asked a question, and he said, uh, well, what is your life? And I think if we could just stop there, that question mark, for a few moments, and ask people going up and down the road, if we could go out in, on Highway 31 there and put some barriers out and stop the traffic going both ways, and ask the people in those automobiles, well, what is your life? What is your life? Would you think about that for just a moment? God's concerned about your life. He's concerned about your soul. He's concerned about your body, and He's concerned about your life. He's concerned about all the days of your life. He even numbers the days of your life. He's so concerned about them. But what do we think when it comes to our lives? If we were to ask that question, and by the way, it's not a rhetorical question. It has the answer. It said your life is like a vapor. Your life is just short. Life is short. And um, if we were to ask that question this morning, I think if we could send around a little card all across, up and down uh, each of the uh, rows in the auditorium and up in the balcony, and let people just put a short answer, maybe a few words as an answer. Most people would say, if they were honest, they would say that my life is out of control. Or they would say, my life is busy. A lot of times people ask me, they'll say, well, how's it going? I say, well, if busy is good, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And I think that's true in most of our lives today. We never really have an opportunity to savor the moments in life. You don't, and I don't. Kind of ironic, but ever since the Lord showed me this verse in the scripture and let me study it and, and develop a message on it, put together an outline and, and, uh, and uh, incorporate a lot of other verses with it through the scripture, it's not a standalone verse. This is true throughout God's word. That God wants us to live our lives in such a way that we can appreciate the moment that we're living in. We're so, we're, we're, now we're already living to, toward the next election. That's what you say. The, you know, the conversation is about the next election. It's probably still 15 months away. And a lot of people, they're already in, just kind of engulfed in it, you know, and they're, they're watching all of this stuff that's going on. I'm trying to ignore it as much as I can because I know what I'm going to do. And, uh, but nonetheless, our lives can get, can get wound up in, in, in the most in the most stuff, in the most stuff. 
And so we have this challenge in the scripture, and as I was about to say, uh, since I started studying this, how important it is to savor the moment, I haven't even had a good time to take a breath, much less savor the moment. Uh, it's it's uh, like eight days a week around here uh, for the most part. And so I've not really followed uh, my message yet. I've tried, but, but it didn't work for me. Maybe it'll work for you. And so we're looking at Isaiah chapter number 26 and verse number 20. And the Bible said these words, Come, my people. Now I didn't have time to get into that a little earlier. That, that, the opening statement of that verse before the comma, Come, my people. Do you understand with me this morning that God has a people? Uh, remember uh, the verse that, that uh, most of us use for revival, 2 Chronicles 7:14. If my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, God has a people. Now this promise is given to the people of God. In, uh, in other places in the book of Isaiah, in chapter number 48, in verse number 22, he said, There is no peace, saith my God, for the wicked. This, is, this, this promise that God has given us uh, in his word, uh, and uh, this, this exhortation about how that we should savor the moments of life and enjoy the moments of life, it is a commandment of God. It's an invitation, but it's something that he has commanded us to do. Take a moment and live, the songwriter said. Now, he said in another place in Isaiah 57, in verses 20 and 21, he said, But the wicked are like the troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, for the wicked. And so, if you're unsaved, if you've never been born again, and if you're not a child of God, if you're not a child of God this morning, this, doesn't, this is not going to connect with you. But if you are His child, God has something for you. God has something for you. God has something for your family. And God, uh, God has given an invitation in this passage of Scripture. Now let's read it. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee, and here's our text. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment. I read through this Bible for 52 or 53 years. And I never caught that phrase. I never caught on to that. I, I never saw it till just a few weeks ago when he said, Hide thyself as it were, for a little moment. And by the way, this entire text is in light of the coming of the Lord. In these kind of days that you and I are living in, we know, as Brother Greg was talking about a few moments ago, we know that, that Gabriel is already licking his lips and he's already, get, he's already getting ready for the trumpet to sound. We know that Jesus is coming soon. And we know that we've got a work to do and there's a lot to do. There's still a world to reach for Christ. And we've got all of these things and, and our calendars and our schedules, they're just completely full. You ought to see the, the event calendar around here and the things that are going on over the next 12 months. And we're already planned all the way to uh, next year uh, in some time in the month of August. But somewhere in the middle of all that, he said... Uh, Come away and come in 
And he said, shut the doors about thee and hide thyself as it were for a little moment. Take a moment and live. And so that's our challenge this morning. And I'll spend a lot of time, if I'm not careful, on review. But there's a, in, in Isaiah chapter number 26, there's a threefold message that's given to us in light of the coming of the Lord. Verses 1 and 2, it is God's promises to His people. In verses 3 and 4, it is God's peace for His people. In verse number 20 and following, it is God's plea to His people. I know that we're given the command to go and uh, more than one time to go into all the world and we're to, we're, to, we're to go up and down the streets and the highways and the lanes and, and we're to go, we're to go, we're to go. There's a work to do for Christ. But we'll never do that work in the power of the Holy Ghost of God if we don't come in before we go out. If we don't come into those chambers that he's talking about, you'll never sustain a ministry if you don't take time to come in. You'll never sustain, you'll never, listen, your family, you'll never build the family that you're supposed to have for the glory of God Almighty if you don't find time to come into the chambers and take a moment and live. Take a moment and live. I love it. I love it. It almost makes me want to get lazy and just kind of lay back and, and get me a, a, a peck of popcorn and a, and a quart of Pepsi and just sit back and watch a football game. Take a moment and live. Take a moment and live. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. For... And so, uh, this word moment, and, and let me move on quickly. I want to get to one of the points this morning, if I could. Uh, moment is mentioned some 25 times in the King James Bible. I always say King James Bible anymore, and I've got reasons for that. There are 64,000 words that are left out of the NIV. I don't know if moment's in there one time or if it's in there 25 times. I have no clue. Not going to take time to look and see. But the moment is mentioned 25 times, about 25 times in our Bible. And, and some of them are negative. Now, these are not direct quotes. It said that the joy of the hypocrite is but for a moment. The Bible said in another place that in a moment, in a moment, these are all negative now, in a moment they die. In another place it said that they, speaking uh, of the hypocrites, and uh, it said that they go into the grave in a moment. The Bible said in, in another place that they are overthrown in a moment. The Bible said in yet another place the wicked tremble every moment that passes by. And so we have these negative approaches to this word moment in the scripture, but thank God there's some, there's some positive things about taking the moment. The Bible said, thank the Lord, that our afflictions are but for a moment. I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what you're troubled with this morning. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I may not understand the the health issues you're going through. Some of you may be going through financial problems. Somebody might be going through trouble with their family, but we know that people are going through troubles. I get phone calls a day after day after day after day, and if I just were to list to you 
the phone calls that I've received, not necessarily our church family, some in our church family, but in our community and across the nation and even among our missionaries. If I, if I took time this morning, I'd use up the rest of my message time just telling you the troubles that people have. We know that to be true, but here's the wonderful thing. Thank God they're just for a moment. <laughs> and, and when the Bible de defines the word moment, it, in, in, the, um, in the New Testament, it's in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. The troubles and the sufferings and the hurt and the pain and the sorrow and all of those things compared to eternity with Jesus Christ, where there is no sorrow, there is no pain, there is no more death, there's no more trouble, there's no more crying, no more heartache, no more being put down, no more persecution, no more troubles. It's just described as a moment. And then he said, as I mentioned a moment ago, in a moment, we are changed in a moment. We're changed in a moment. And then finally, his anger endureth but a moment. His, his anger, God gets angry, and, uh, and rightfully so. And uh, God, can, God doesn't sin, and, and listen, we're, we're permitted to, to uh, uh, be angry and sin not. And so there's, and thank God that his anger is just for a moment. What if he poured out his wrath? on this world as it deserves it this morning. I'm glad that there is a long-suffering of God. Now, let's begin our thought very quickly. If we can get to one or two of these this morning, I'll uh, have accomplished my, but I want you to think about it now. I, I think it's more important to just kind of understand where the scripture's going here. When it said, he said, come on in now. Come into this place. Come into your chambers. And when you get there in your chambers, that private place, that pavilion, that sanctuary, I don't know where it might be for you. I don't know where it is in your life, but every person needs a place that they can go to. It doesn't have to be a room with doors or whatever. I, I, one, of, one of the sanctuaries that, that I like and one of the, the places... In, the, in my backyard, I have wonderful neighbors on either side, just wonderful people. The Henleys on one side, the Williams on the other side. They're some of the greatest people that I've ever been around in my life. But between their house and my house, there's a big old hedge that runs about uh, 200 feet down this side, and there's a hedge that runs about 200 feet down this side. And when I walk out into my backyard, and I walk down to Brown's Pond, the canal part of Brown's Pond, and there's nothing back there. There's a few alligators there once in a while. And a couple of moccasins haven't seen a rattlesnake. Somebody killed one in our neighborhood yesterday. Today. Uh, but there's ducks and there's, um, there's all kind of critters and, and little, uh, little gray birds and little black birds and, and big old cranes and, and there's all kind of things. And I can walk down there to that, that little area and I can look out into that 600 acres of bay and I can, there, it, it, it is like there's no one else in the world. Where's your place? Where do you go? Where do you go to find that, that peace that passeth all understanding? You're not going to find it in the crowd. 
And uh, you're not going to find it in activity, and you're not going to find it in recreation. You're going to find it when you come and be alone with him. I'll tell you, five minutes back there in my backyard, and it's like I've been to counsel, and it's like I've been to a psychiatrist, and I've been to a psychologist, and, it, and it's like I've, I've taken medication, and none of those things are true. But just to take a moment, I wouldn't be preaching this if it wasn't in the Bible. You, you see, we're geared up. We're, we're, everything about us is, is, and everything is pushing us you know, to, to go and to go and to go and, and to get and, and do all and, and just never take a moment and live. I'm reminded of that uh, episode of the Andy Griffith show. And uh, they, the, the preachers come in from out of town. How many of you know what the Andy Griffith show is? For, okay, at least I don't want to waste my time on the story if you don't even know what I'm talking about. But anyway, they have this one particular episode and the, and the visiting preachers in town. Uh, and his, his name, he has four, his, his name has four uh, words. Uh, I think his last name is Bream. It's something, Dr. Bream. And, and he's got, a, it's like a long, 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 th three other names. And, and he's well recognized. And he comes into town and he's preaching that day. And he begins to preach and he's talking about, and he, and he starts uh, his his exhortation, and he's, he's telling the people, he said, what, he said, relax. Relax. And he talks about enjoying the simple pleasures of life, and then he extols them about the virtues of a quiet and simple lifestyle. And he says, relax. Relax. And here's a goober, a gomer. And Barney's over there and he's doing, but like a typical Baptist church. One time when I was in Lakeland, I was preaching away. When I was young, and uh, I was preaching in a, in a big way, and, um, and I jumped, I jumped, I'm not about to jump off the stage, I'm going to walk down. But I jumped off. It wasn't this high. It was only two steps. And I just jumped out here, and I didn't have a clue. But there's a fellow sound asleep right there where Austin is. And I made my way over, and I was preaching. And, man, I was going at it, and it was, it was going wild. And, and, I, and I'm right here, and I, and I didn't realize he was asleep right here. And I walked over, and I said, The Bible said, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And he jumped straight up out of his pew. Jumped right up out of his pew. And, uh, but relax, relax. But we don't know what that is, do we? Relax. Not right now, <laughs> okay. I know my preaching is more of a sedative than it is a stimulant, but, but no need to go to sleep right now, okay? What are some hindrances? What are some of the things that hinder us from being able to, to follow this, this invitation to savor the moment? Ladies and gentlemen, there's some great moments in life. I'm a little older now, and uh, I, have, 
I'm, I'm thankful that, that I have recall of the years gone by. Not, it's not good. It's not clear. It's not what I'd like. I wish, it, it seemed like there's sections of my life that I was just so busy that other people would be talking about it. I wouldn't even have a clue. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a clue. No, you know, just no recognition of it. But there's some great moments in life. There's great moments, and I'm talking, I, and I've, I've, I've had great moments in church, but I'm talking about just great moments with the family. Have you ever experienced those? Is there, is there anything more than some pictures that are hidden away in some album somewhere that you have to go back and think about? Well, this is when our family, when we went to Disney World or when we went to the Ark or when we went somewhere. And this is when we went to White Springs and, and this is, you know, this is this trip and then that time we went to the ball game. Can you, do you have any memories of any, any time with your family? Or is all of your life just built on giddy up and go? You wake up in the morning at a full run. And you run all the day long because of all the obligations that we have. And we never have a moment that we can savor. That we can savor. Here's some things that will hinder it. Hinder. If you would, look with me over in the New Testament. I have a bunch of these I'll probably will only give you one this morning. There's at least five things that, uh, that will hinder you from being able to savor the moment, hinder you from being able to savor the moment. Number one, it's found in, in, uh, in, in John, 3 John. 3 John, there's only one chapter. In verses 9 through 11, he's talking about this individual in the church. He's already talked about Gaius and he was, a, he was a very prosperous person. Then eventually he would talk about Demetrius down in verse number 12, how profitable he was. But then he talks about this one individual that seems to have a problem. He seems to have a problem. In verse number 9 he said, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Here's somebody that loves to have I mean, everything, everything about my life, you know, I have, to, I have to be the best of everything. If we're talking about power drills, mine's the best. If we're talking about automobiles, mine's the best. If we're talking about anything, if we're talking about accomplishments, anything, we always have to be number one. There was a song years ago, I think Tracy may have written it, and, and the lyrics ended up something like this, Lord, help me overcome. Old number one. Help me overcome. Old number one. But here's Diotrephes, and, and now he's, he, he's a person of preeminence, but that's not all that's said about him. In verse number 10, he said, Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and cast us... Now this goes a long ways. This goes far beyond what we're talking about this morning. But there's two or three things that are said about this man that would keep him, 
And so number one on my list, and uh, these aren't from the worst to the best or whatever the case may be, but having, here it is. Here's something that'll keep you from savoring the moments of life. Here's old Diotrephes, and, and it says so many things about him, but, the, but it's very simple when it comes down to it. He is a person that is very discontented, and so number one, having a, a negative attitude in general will keep you from savoring life's best moments. Now, let's, see, let's kind of elaborate on that for just a moment. Having a negative attitude in general. I, I wish that... Uh, I, I love those people. No, I don't. I, I, I might not love them. I might despise them. Who are just so cordial and hospitable at every moment. I mean, every time you see them. I, I remember, and I don't know why in the world this would come to me, but I had uh, when I had my heart trouble after... Uh, many, many years ago, back in uh, 2000, and I had to get a pacemaker, and they, they did work here, and, and um, I was very sick, and they sent me, finally sent me to Jacksonville to an uh, electrophysiologist, and, and he did a heart cath up one side, and then a heart cath up the other side, and found that the abrundal branch of my heart had been, had been destroyed, and I didn't have a natural pacemaker anymore, so I had to put a pacemaker in, just got my third one here a few weeks ago. And, uh, but I remember going into that office that day and the lady that was sitting at the desk. You know, there's just moments in life that somehow you just don't get away from them. But the, it was a young lady. She was probably in her 20s. But she was the most hospitable, the most cordial, the most inviting. Some of you teachers give me some, some more synonyms. But I mean, she was, it was just almost annoying. Almost annoying. You know, when you go in some places, you just expect them to, to, you know, have an attitude or whatever the case may be. But she was just so pleasant in every way and had that natural smile. She didn't have to practice smiling or, or you know, go for training on how to smile. I mean, her face was just a smile all the time. The whole, and I sat there probably for 30 or 45 minutes. And I just look at her at the corner of my eye and I'm thinking, what in the world is wrong with her? She is subnormal. And then on the other hand, there are people in life, and get a hold of this now, the hindrance is having a negative attitude in general. You, you don't have to be primed or pumped or pushed to go bad, you wake up bad. It's hard to, it's really hard to learn how to savor the moments of the day when, when you're like diatrophies and, and that word prating, it has to do uh, with, with, and he goes on and he describes it, but here, here's the definition, if you, if you want me to give it to you. It is a discontented blabbermouth. That's what it is. In the dictionary, a discontented about everything. There's always something. They're never satisfied. Nobody's ever good enough. Nothing's ever done well enough. And they're just, they just spend their time complaining about other people. Complaining about other people. That 
ladies and gentlemen, will keep you from being able to savor the moments of life. Life will pass you by. I, I wished I had a better attitude. I, I, I wished I could be more inviting and all those kind of things and, and, um, and pray for me, I guess, is all we can ask. Number one, having a negative attitude in general. I want to, if we could, I want to be in them. Um, look at, well, you don't have to turn there. I think we'll have it on the screen. Here's another one, number two. And I think this is to the young people in particular. Drifting through life with no definite goals. Drifting through life with, I asked our seniors the other day, we'll have three this year, I went to them in their desk and I said, uh, what's your plan for the future? <laughs> um, I don't know. I thought we talked about that in the ninth grade, you know, <laughs> or, or the tenth grade. No, I'm just picking at them. But that's the way so many people are. They don't, they don't have a definite goal in life. No definite goals in life. Drifting through life with no definite goals. Here's what the apostle said about it, Philippians 3 and verse 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse number 14, I press toward the mark for the, high call, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul had a goal. He had a definite goal in life from the time that he came to a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and got saved that day. He had a goal, he had a purpose, and he set his face toward that purpose, and he, and he spent his time, and he spent his efforts fulfilling that purpose in life. There's so many people today, they're just kind of bouncing around in life, and, and they're just kind of like the little red rubber ball, and they're just kind of bouncing here, and they're bouncing there. People are that way about their families. People are that way about their life in general. People are even that way about their churches. They just kind of bounce around, and, 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 and it is with their jobs, and, and there's, just a, there's, there's something about life. If you don't have a purpose, it's going to be hard to know where you can savor the moments. If, you're, if you don't know where you're going, how in the world can you appreciate where you are? Now I realize these things are kind of are general and, and they may not fit in every situation. But there's some reason, and I'm not saying that I have the answer. I confessed to you just a little while ago, I haven't accomplished this matter of savoring the moments of life. I even took time to write down some, 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 um, a little bucket list of things that I wanted to do and some places I wanted to go and some things that I want to see and, and, uh, and some things that I want to uh, see happen in the ministry and in the school and, 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 and so on. And I, I wrote myself a list. Hadn't checked one off yet. I'm just being honest with you. But there are so many hindrances. Your hindrance this morning, it may be one of the others that I have, and we'll not get into them this morning for the sake of time, but for somebody this morning, it could be that negative attitude that you carry through life. I remember people along the way. 
Or maybe it's just, you're just kind of drifting through life. And you don't have a definite goal. What do you want for your family? What, what do you want the end result to be for your children? If you want them to be something later, you better be working on it right now. You better be at it, my friend. I've given the example before, and we don't have time to do it this morning, but, but if, if you know some good Christian or some good Christian lady or some good Christian man that you want your children to grow up to be like, you better start working on it now. If you're, if you're, if you're not concerned about that, there's going to be some moments that are unsavory in your life. There's going to be some hours and some times. There's going to be some nights that you wet your pillow over your children. If you don't have a goal for them, if you don't have a purpose for them, if you can't, if, if you don't, if there's not any, if you don't have anything set for their future, one of these days you're going to look back and you're going to wonder why in the world have they drifted. Drifting through life with no definite goal. You know, when, I, when you see all these, these people that are on the street, and I'm, I'm compassionate, I'm not being ugly this morning. I tell you, but by the grace of God, it could be anybody in this building. So it couldn't happen to me. Yeah, it could. Yeah, it could. Somebody was telling us a story just recently about a woman in the, in, that's, that's a, has a degree in the medical, in medical field. There's a lot of money there. And you know what she's doing today? She's a panhandler with a medical degree. Hey, you've got to have a purpose. You've got to have definite goals for your family. What do you want your family to look like 10 years from now? When, when Junior and when Sally, when they're, now they're right here, but what about when they, well, let's not get them that tall. That's, that's Brother Ch Chad's height and Bowie, some of them. You know, we, let's keep them down here. When they're this, and you, you see, that's where they're headed. They're getting closer and closer. Hindrances to being able to savor the moment. I tell you, one of them, and it's it's a matter of trying to gather the world's wealth. Not anything wrong with being rich. But there's a warning that comes along with it. If you lose time to savor the moment, then ultimately you're a pauper. Your family, your Christian life, the well-being of those two things. Our nation's out of control. You might as well forget about it. 
I'll keep on praying, but our nation is gone. I'm not being a prophet, but our nation has gone. It's gone. Savor the moments. Find time for those little children. Oh, I got so many stories I could tell, but we'll uh, we have to pass that up. Would you stand with us for prayer? What's keeping you from being able to take a moment and live? It's just not built into the fabric of our society. 